On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartender. Hi, everybody. This is Pub Crawl Liz. And this is the genius who's always on time. Welcome to another episode of As the Ale House Turns. We're at it again, amazingly. What, what's so goddamn amazing? The amazing thing is you can't get here on time. That's the amazing thing. I'm amazed by the fact that people... Again, I'm not going to sound like a broken record, but I'm amazed by the fact that people actually tune into this Well, you do sound, by the way, like a broken record. Well, stop I don't know saying, what's so amazing. When I'm saying listen, amazing, stop saying why is it listen amazing. Listen to one of the shows sometimes, and you'll see why people are absolutely fascinated by, by the show. I, I'm, I'm try sure, that. I'm Just sure try it's it. to listen to them. It's, it's for people to listen to you yelling at everybody. Not yelling. I'm pontificating. And I'm, it, 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 what does it sound to the cloud? Oh, it's quite lively in here tonight. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a Tuesday. I get my nights all fucked up. I thought it was Monday all day. Well, yeah, it's kind of a weird, it was kind of a Monday-like kind of, maybe because yesterday was a holiday. No, I think it's because every day is the same to me. <laughs> well, when you do nothing. Oh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, just gaze around at the 5,000 fantastic paintings in here. Nothing other than that. Yeah. All right, well, how was your weekend? Uh, like I said, every day's the same. Did you do anything special? Did you guys have date night Friday night? I don't remember. Wow, that's that's special. Ruth, did you guys have date night Friday night? Did you guys fall asleep no, early? I think it was Thursday night. Did you guys have a TV marathon of some sort? No, I, I ended up going out and doing a massage Friday night for a, a good friend. Uh, so, you, yeah. you massaged a good friend? <laughs> <laughs> Jaja. You know oh. who Jaja is? Uh, uh, Gabor? I don't know. No. Um, Jojo. Oh, okay. Jojo, Jaja. Well, uh, all right. So, no date night for you. Well, every night, nice date night. All right, all right, I know. Any, anytime a chick gets to sleep next to me naked, that's a date night for any, you know. That's just, it's a thrill in or itself. A, or a nightmare. Well, <laughs> don't you wish you'd have that kind of a nightmare Speaking sometime? Speaking of nightmare, um, last week, myself and you and Ruth went to go see uh, Michael, Michael Shannon's new movie called What They Had. Uh, tell, tell everybody how late you were for that. Let, listen, back up there, mister. What They Had is Michael's latest movie. Um, it's about a family who is going through a hard time because the matriarch uh, has Alzheimer's and she's in a steady decline. Um, and so we wanted to support Michael. Well, let's, wait, let's back up a little further than that. The reason you were absolutely obsessed with back, you know, which we love, Michael, okay, and we you want to support him. You use the words obsessed. Yeah, you are. Because you know why? Because I, out of the benevolence of my heart, introduced you to Michael so that you could ask him a big favor to be the narrator of your prom- promo. For no, it's your- not. See, so you don't even know. 
Well, I know enough that I, I made the introduction. The so exhibition can... that I just opened at the Field Museum yeah. has a very complicated subject about Chicago's very first moment of civil unrest. It's called the 1855 Lager Beer Riots. It's very convoluted, and so what we did was we created a three-minute script for a video to tell the story. We needed a narrator in it, and you know, instead of just having a, a regular voiceover, I thought I really wanted to have potential name tied to it somebody who knew what they were doing and knowing that Michael is a regular here I thought hey Michael would be a great voice and so I talked to you and you said well when we see him we'll ask him which by the way we didn't know if we would see him no you pestered me I you said when he comes around and pestered me and no you wanted me oh to go God. you wanted me to search him out I said no I'm not going to do so that. he came around if he does stop by okay amazingly and because did we didn't I do? know and what did I do <laughs> it was actually quite hilarious because the minute Michael walked in the door, we were literally talking about it, and Michael walks in the door, and I was like, holy shit, speak of the devil. <laughs> Michael's not even like halfway through the door, and Bruce starts going, oh, I got to talk to you. Pub Crawl Liz is doing X, Y, Z, She needs a big favor. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, let him take his coat off. Anyway, the fantastic part, what I want to say is, I think very one of, one of the great things about like a lot of Chicago actors and Chicagoans is that we're very down to earth, and that's no exception for Michael. So he got wind of what I was trying to do, and he, and he said to me, "Tell me more. Like I want to know more about what you're doing." So we had a really nice conversation about it, and he sat there, and I could see him thinking, and the wheels were spinning, and we kept having drinks and continuing the chat. And throughout the evening, he said, you know, I, I actually am really interested in this. Here's my email address. Email me, and let's keep talking. And then the night went... Went on, on, on. on, 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 on. Yeah, we had a good time. Anyway. Well, we had to also protect him from <laughs> a did. drunken Ukraine mic. Yeah, we did. And um, Josie was sitting up at the table. You, Rock and Roll Ruth. I, I kept my normal seat at the bar. But uh, it was quite. So we left at one, but I guess you guys just kept going. You guys left at one. I think I left like at quarter after three. <laughs> wow. And I think those other folks left at four. Wow. Uh, it was one of those nights. It was yeah. one of those nights. That was a very very pleasant evening. Every now and then you have one of those nights at the Ale House. But so now let's. So we get to the movie because he mentioned. Okay. So the the continuing part of this is that Michael did in fact record the, the narration for me. Two days later, he sent me an email and said, um, I'm not in Chicago, but I can probably arrange to do this in New York. And unbelievably, he went out of his way and yeah, he arranged the whole thing. He had professional people do <laughs> he, the recording. He arranged the whole thing in New York. He had professionals working on it with him, and I sent him the script. And two days after that, I got a file with this with the narration, and it was seamless. It was unbelievable. All thanks to me. So yeah, so if you go to the exhibit at the Field Museum, the narration for the Lager Beer Riot video is by Michael Shannon. Uh, it was connected to the Ale House. Thank you, Bruce, for making that interesting. Oh, you're quite welcome. But the point is this: I wanted to thank him for doing that, and I was thinking about ways to do that. But at the same time, 
next time he comes in, I want to be able to say, hey, I saw the movie, because you want to support. Well, before you get to that point, during the course of our conversation, what, what, what night was that? That was like a... That was a Tuesday, Wednesday night? Wednesday, I think. Um, yeah, Wednesday night. I, I told him how much I enjoyed. He did... Remember when Kanye West went to the White House and sh- spread his Uncle Tom ass cheeks for... Uh, the commander in chief up in, in on, on, on national TV. Yeah. Well, um, Leonard Cohen had written that poem. Kanye West is not Picasso, and Michael had recorded that particular. There a number of different kind of famous people uh, recited some a record of Leonard Cohen poems, and that's the one that Michael did. It was really good. He's got the absolute perfect voice to do Leonard Cohen poetry. So I told him about that, and then he said, well, you know, I just recorded um, something, um, was the last thing that Sam Shepard had, had um, yeah. written, and so he, uh, he said it was, he was dying when he wrote this thing, and Michael uh, did the uh, narrative, so uh, that was kind of interesting, I had no, no, no now, of course, a year, about approximately a year ago, he was in town doing this uh, movie, making this movie in Chicago with Hillary Swank, and you, of course, your your little clit started shaking oh when you God. heard that Hillary Swank was in Chicago. That's not it. And um, That's not it. Um, you, yes, it was. Sorry, I was looking for Michael's thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. You think I have this like weird celebrity thing, and I, I'm actually the no, antithesis. Well, I, no, I think it was pure sex. No, it's yeah, the antithesis of that. Was. I think you were. I, that's your you, lust doctor. You, I Hillary tell you Clinton. that I admire somebody because of the work they do. Have you ever seen Million Dollar Baby and uh, 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 yeah, Clint, Boys Don't Cry? Clint, Clint Eastwood. Amazing I performances. I love Boys Don't Cry. Amazing performances. But I can't say anything Clint Eastwood does. I want. And by the way, when we were at those coming attractions, you see the guy. He looks like he's 150 years old, embalmed, and this fucking asshole still making movies. I mean, you want to throw? I don't know. You want to throw? Your your nickname is the geriatric genius, and you're giving a guy a hard time for doing things when well, he's because old. Well, because I hate the guy because he's a Republican and he's a cheapskate. Well, then don't talk about his age. That's no, I'll talk about anybody's age I want to. I mean, you're a hypocrite. I look great for my age. He looks like shit. There's <laughs> a big difference. All right, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> I wanted to go to the movie to support Michael. Yeah, and be and able to course, intelligently speak about and, the movie and next I time hate, I see him. I hate going to the theaters now because number one, I can't stand being around people, especially when people make noise and play <laughs> with their fucking little phones and shit during the movie. That's the they best attitude the for hell, a bar owner to have, by the they, way. They they annoy the hell out of me. Well, the people in the bar annoy me too, but you know, at least I can drink. And but um, so I was reluctant, but. Uh, um, Bob Carl, Liz, and Rock and Roll Ruth ganged up on me and shamed me into going. Because I said, if we're going to talk about this on the podcast, it shouldn't be on my shoulders. You okay. also have to take okay. responsibility so okay. we can talk but about not, the movie. So I agreed to come. And you know what? I got there a half hour early. That's because that's what kind of person I am. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that, about something else in a minute. But the point is, is that we went to see this movie. And let me tell you, we'll talk about the movie in a minute. But leading up to the movie, from sitting in those seats to waiting for the well, movie to start was the most hilarious thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Well, you should have been there on time because you really could have seen some hilarity as I'm pacing back and forth, wondering what a little... So the movie the movie had a 6.20 start, start time. Was. 
The movie had a 6.20 start time, and Bruce was like, let's meet in the lobby at 6. And I said, fine. I took the 66 Chicago bus at 5.15 p.m. And I took the Metro. Um, and it was a disaster because it was all uh, traffic. Anyway, so I get there like at 10 after 6. You could have gotten out of, out of the bus and jogged. I actually did. I walked the last three blocks because oh, okay. it was a mess. So I get to the, to the lobby, and Bruce is like freaking out because he's like, the movie's going to start. The movie's going to start. And I said, okay, well... Um, go get a seat. I've never been in that place either. It's kind of a warehouse for, for putting money into things. There's a bunch That's... of little movie theaters, but there's a pool room, there's a bowling alley, there's an arcade. There's a bar. I mean, oh, what, what a bar. When I, was, I, wrote, I wrote my blog today about when I, when I bought the fucking beer. I bought a, a small beer. cost me 11 bucks. The fucking kid with bad facial hair that sold it to me was almost laughing on my face. You stupid fuck. You actually just paid 11 fucking dollars for a beer. Boy, are you a dumb fuck. And I had to agree with him. Yeah, look at that. I'm selling out 11 fucking dollars in this little shithole bar for a fucking piece of shit fucking beer. I mean, that that's get, that gets your evening off to a real good start. Alright, well, so you got your piece of shit fucking time. beer. I bet I had to kill time. You know why I had to kill time? Because you were late. Fuck you. you no, that's you, why I had to kill time. When I walked in, that beer was full. You'd just gotten it. Bullshit. Anyway, Bullshit. So he goes to sit. You didn't look at my beer. So he sits in the seat. He goes to sit in the seats. And Ruth really wants popcorn, but she doesn't want to pay for the popcorn. I had a certificate. So well, I go What was that? Probably 20 bucks? It was eight bucks. Oh, God. They just fucking. For a big old tub of Anyway, they're not, they're gonna put, I got my They have to put lubrication on everything so you can shove it up your ass. Well, it won't hurt. There's butter on it. God damn it. And so I get, my, I get the tub of popcorn oh, for Rock and Roll Ruth and I, and I get a beer, and we, walk, we sit in the seats, and it literally is about 6.20. And then the show begins. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, see, that never is going to happen to me again. I, get, I, I hand Rock and Roll Ruth. Half the tub of the popcorn in a, in a paper box. It's like you know he's sitting in front of us. <laughs> and then the the first of about 29 previews come on. What? It wasn't just preview. I mean, we see uh, the ghost of, Glenn, uh, 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 of Clint Eastwood. The cheap fuck. I mean, having to see that was horrible. But what they bomb you because the wall starts shaking. It's like a thousand decibels. It's like they're blowing shit up all around you while this is happening. The look on Bruce's face for the 35 minutes of previews. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's cruel and unusual punishment. I mean, if you wanted to try, I would give any secret, <laughs> any fucking secret, the, the Saudi Arabians or the, or, 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 when, whoever the fuck, I mean, I would tell them everything if they made me sit through that ever again. I felt the same way. It was horrific. It was then, an assault on my sanity. I wanted yeah. to just run out of the movie theater. It was awful. So then I turn around and I look at Ruth and she's got her hands over her ears pressed very hard and looking at your face and looking at what she was doing, I was dying, dying inside. Yeah, because in between, in between each preview, you, because you don't have the complicated central nervous system I do. It's compli- I mean, complex. listen, for me, it was also a bit much. We are old. We're no. not used to no, this. No, no. When I was a kid, I would have gone crazy too. It was, it was a bit much for me too. But the best part about looking at the two of you in your own way, handling it, dealing with it, is that in between the previews, there's no sound. 
it all of a sudden you go from the, they 100 blast you. to zero, yeah, they blast and there's you. no sound, and there's darkness, right? So you go from all of this and light it and sound. It doesn't no, end. But the best part is at those moments, with no light, no sound, all I hear is the genius say, this is torture. <laughs> Each well, time. It was. But then, it was brutal. <laughs> finally. See, see, I'm borderline autistic, and I can't take that kind of sensory overload. But this was actually the funny part about you at 6.10 going, we're going to miss the movie. <laughs> obviously well, you had a obviously Now you I had wish you were an hour late. <laughs> obviously, you hadn't been in the movies in a while. But anyway, no, lo and behold, half an hour later, the movie starts. And um, here's the great part about this movie is that truly it was no bells and whistles. It was a cast. Absolutely. The old-fashioned great movie. Good. Yep. Excellent writing, excellent. Whoever that director that and she was Elizabeth a woman. Elizabeth Chernow. Boy, she was. I mean, she knows her shit. But takes place in Chicago. Takes place in Chicago. Um, but literally, it is uh, characters. Many, what, what was the time frame? Uh, no, present day. Oh, present day. Yeah. Uh, but literally, it's characters hanging out uh, in homes and churches and bars, just acting. Yeah, and it no, was really it was phenomenal. Just, just Good acting. So Michael plays a bar owner. Who, well, of course, he obviously modeled himself after me. I mean, it was lucky for him; he had a role model like me. Yeah, except he's actually his character actually tends bar and, yeah, and, and makes he, fancy and, drinks like Manhattan. And it also had ferns. The bar. Had <laughs> ferns. I wonder where the bar was. <laughs> it actually, it actually looked nice. Um, what do we actually look like? <laughs> yeah, there was a, nothing but great art on the. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know that it had a big, like, run, because I didn't no, really no, see it I think, anywhere. No, I think that they're going over the century. Why they put it there for one night, for one show? No, it was there for longer than one night. I don't think so. Yeah, it was, because I was looking at movie times. Oh, okay. I will, my one criticism of the movie is that any Chicagoan will do this. If a movie takes place in Chicago... We will actually judge whether or not the path that the car is taking from point A to point D is legitimate, or if a building is legitimate, or if they say they're in the right neighborhood, if there actually is a neighborhood. And they did everything pretty much right, except that O'Hare Airport was actually McCormick Place in the movie. Oh. And they put up fake signs. Well, did you remember the movie The Graduate with Dustin? Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. Well, they did one little thing. It was taking place in the uh, uh, in the Bay Area, uh-huh. and then he showed the picture of Dustin Hoffman rushing to that wedding, going the wrong way on the on the um, Bay Bridge. Everybody, because oh. I, I was living there when I saw it. Like, hey, what the fuck? He's A lot of movies do that. Well, Have you ever seen the movie My Best Friend's Wedding? Hey, you know what Roger Ebert used to say? What? Uh, suspending disbelief. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. I never do. So we get in arguments all the time. I said, no fucking gangster would do that, Roger. Right. No criminal would do that. Of course not. I've got a criminal mind. I know exactly what a criminal would do, and they wouldn't do that. I, I need Roger to... said, suspend your disbelief. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't do that either, especially when it comes to stuff in Chicago. My best friend's wedding. Great chick flick. If you're any... Oh, God, was that awful. No, are you joking? Oh, it it's a vomit. great movie. It was vomit-inducing. Oh, God. Oh, you I was puke. Really, you don't know movies. I know movies. Believe me, that talk about chick flick. That was fantastic. I will watch My Best Friend's Wedding over and over and over again. 
But my issue with my best Ugh, friend's wedding is when they're going from O'Hare. Yeah, fuck yeah. I've seen like a, I've seen it at least I would say I several dozen you. times. That's a cry for help right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I the scene where they go from O'Hare to downtown, they're on Lakeshore Drive. And of course that would never happen. From O'Hare to downtown. Well, it's a good shot, though. Yeah, of course, but you know that's that's the criticism I. Road I have. construction on the Kennedy. Take the scenic route. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Even, you, what the fuck you would do? I'll go all the way east. Well, no. who cares? It's a shit no, movie. Then, I don't care then, what they not do. Not even that. Not even that. Ruth, is that? Oh, fine, fine. You take Irving Park east to Lakeshore, and then you head. They were going fucking north. From Who cares? It's a rotten movie. I mean, it's I a do. lousy... I do. Okay. Anyway, that's my point. Right, so anyway... Well, I'm, I'm never going to go see it McCormick Place again. for O'Hare didn't really fly with me. Pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, it was a great movie. Michael was fantastic in it. Well, let's let's just take this right down the line, because I wrote a wonderful review on my uh, blog yesterday. Um, I first saw Blythe Danner, who's... What's her, what's her daughter's name? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Blythe Danner, I saw back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s in San Francisco, which when she would have probably been about, she's a few years younger than me, so she would have probably been about 25. I, I don't remember the name of the play, but she was absolutely mesmerizing. I mean, she's really, really outstanding actress. And this guy, um, Robert Conrad, I, I never really appreciated him until I saw him in Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was terrific. He was great in this movie. He's oh, real, he, he's they, a real dick of a dad. They were all great. Well, he wasn't a dick of a dad. All right, a, you're right. Hey, you know what? He was in love with his asshole wife. That's what he was. Asshole until, wife? Well, she was dying of Alzheimer's. Oh, so, so she's an asshole? Well, I mean, all right. we could probably, Yeah, okay, I could, uh-huh. I could probably rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take back my dick dad if you but, take back asshole wife. But let me put wife. it this way. If Rock and Roll Ruth got Alzheimer's tomorrow... Um, Either I'd enlisted in the Foreign Legion or I'd find a nice home for her. I don't think I'd be changing diapers. Wow, the love is Well, deep. I mean, I'm just not cut out for it. No, I mean, I just have to be realistic. See, this is where you need lessons. You don't say those things. I don't, I don't say what? Don't say those things like that. Then I won't change your diapers? <laughs> if rock and roll root, uh-oh. I'm not changing yours either. I'm not planning on you. You're going straight to the home. Straight to the home you go. No, you know, my daughter or my ex-wife, I don't know which one has my um, power of attorney or something where they can pull the cord on me. If I got a bad cold, I'm gone. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) I'm a realist here. (laughs) Nobody's wiping any drool off my goddamn mouth. Oh, God, that's funny. Um, so then, also, so all right, so and then we've got Michael, and 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 then Hillary Swank, and then and, really and the girl that played the daughter was excellent. I mean, uh, I mentioned in my blog today how my daughter Grace, whenever I tell her what a horrible child she is, she always point out to her friends, and then she come out pretty good, and that that because that daughter was that your dream daughter but no, she was good to, but there very, were several times throughout the movie I wanted to kick her very, very convincing yeah um, so but it was the, the acting the writing and the directing it was really good which really really good it was really it was I, a little I really, heavy hmm? it was heavy well I mean a few tears were shed towards oh, the end smokes she but there was you, a lot of, the waterworks didn't stop for a while with Ruth but, but there was also um, a lot of laughs yeah, a lot of laughs. And Michael, Michael, you know, Michael, they, they 
Fortunately, they're not typecasting to the point where he's always playing villains and stuff because he's, he's so good at it. But, no, he just was just straight up good at There were no villains. I agree. I agree. But if you had to say, if you had to identify a villain in some aspect, some way, shape, or form, Michael, of that movie, Michael was the villain because he was the son who kept saying, no, we've got to put her in a home. That's not the villain. Wake that's up. a hero, asshole. That's no. a guy that's got the courage to say, mom is a fucking mess. Get her in a goddamn fucking... And plus, so I'm not going to say some of the naughty things she did. I don't want to spoil the movie. Don't but no, movie. Michael was a hero because he was a realist. But but he had a lot of conflict with his father, and I think that no, was and his no, sister no. and his no no he yeah. wanted to do the right thing for his mom. He knew his father could not take care of his mother. It's very simple. He's no fucking villain. Everybody else wanted one thing. He wanted something different. Yeah, That's why no, he was the villain. Everybody else was giving in to to the father. Now let's and and in its core, this movie was a love story. The guy loved his fucking wife. He didn't want to put her in a booby hatch. Of course. Okay, what's well, a love story, dipshit? my god. I mean, you know. So, at the very culmination of all of this shit coming together, the fever pitch of the movie, what happens? Rock and Roll Ruth spills all of her popcorn all over everything and everyone. Well, no, there was still some. And by the way, she carried that huge fucking tub all the way to the, all the way to the. So at the end I of the night, believe it. I'm just walking down the street. At the end of the night, I still had half of the tub full of popcorn. Because we, we walked here. I had to go to a meeting. These guys walked from AMC River East 21 to the bar, and I wanted to toss it. Bruce wanted to toss it. Ruth said, no, 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 you can't waste the popcorn. So she really carried and the tub. And there was still plenty here. And by the way, when we left, there was still plenty in the goddamn tub. She carried that fucking tub all the way from Illinois to the Ale House. Grasshopper. Thought it had fallen on the floor, and I scooped it up and put it in the bucket. That's why nobody ate it. But I told him no. No, we wouldn't do that. Jesus, you got you got to get her out more. She she gets out lots. She did a massage today. Some, <laughs> she was fifty-two stories high. So, um, oh wow. Yeah. Anyway, so a great movie. Yes, I, I, I strongly again, recommend it. I don't recommend too many movies either. I know you don't. You don't even like. You don't like to go outside of your world. No, I don't like to. I don't like to be around people that I want to kill. This is why I don't carry a, a weapon. Because if I did, I'd use it. I'd use it probably <laughs> five, six times a day. So I really can't. I, I mean, if I had a gun in my car, I would have used it three times tonight coming over here. So I understand myself. Yeah, but I tell you to watch movies from your the comfort of your own home on Netflix, and I recommend them and say, I, do. I promise you, no, you won't watch The Post. Why won't you watch The Post? Well, because, because I, I started watching The Post. I, you know, Meryl Streep. You did not. I did, ask, ask, ask Ruth. I, yes, Meryl Streep, she's starting to make, causing me to have gag reflux. Oh, God. She used did to you, be, I mean, but I've just seen too much of her. Did you watch The Queen? I, that one, The Crown? No. I said, if you like the crown, which you do, yeah. watch the queen. It's about Queen Is Elizabeth. It about faggots? What? Queen. Oh my god, you're so stupid. <laughs> watch What's the queen. it about? It's about Queen Elizabeth. Oh, we just saw one called the and crown. And it's, it's older Queen Elizabeth, and it's the situation uh, around Princess Diana's death. 
Oh, she but she had plenty to do. Her hands were fucking full of blood on that Helen one. Mirren plays the queen, and she's so freaking good. I love good. Helen Mirren. Please watch this. Just sit and... Is it on Netflix? I'll look for it. I'll find sit, it. Sit we'll all look. by yourself. Is it on Netflix? On your couch or on your bed or wherever you watch it. I can't do it on my bed because I can't... I can't swallow if I'm laying flat. I have to be on my side. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's part of getting old. Do you drink and eat during the movie? you actually make popcorn and stuff at home? Yeah, I sit up. I sit. <laughs> it's called sitting. We need to get you one of those beds I, I, I have, where you I, can press the button so that it moves I have you upright. To rest, I have to rest my head, so I had to bring the lawn chair in from the deck. Because it's high enough, so I just can't sit on the couch because my my fucking neck starts wagging, falling in my head. So I, I'm like a little baby. I need something to hold back my head now. I was gonna start coming to your house and do movie night, but now I don't know about that now. Oh, you love it. <laughs> yes, I can watch I, you. I have a lunch con- here. Young, contorted. Well, I'm not contorted. I sit straight. I mean, sit very straight with my head resting. Will you eat popcorn Ruth, if I make Ruth's it? Loose all twisted over on the couch. Will you eat I mean, popcorn she, if I make it? Well, I bet you could. I bet you'd be better than. I make. I make, I I make coconut oil based popcorn. Yeah, which Ruth's popcorn is organic, non-GMO. Her popcorn's <laughs> a lot, a lot like plaster of Paris and little oh, nuggets. Oh no! <laughs> See, you don't say those things. But but I can't hardly eat it. I don't know what. Okay, well, did you ever see me right, eating well. your popcorn? I never eat more than two or three. It's okay, more for me. Yeah, well, she, she eats it. I think that's. Say, I think that's kind of the point. You handle him really well. I don't know how you do this. What do you mean? It's 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 a laugh riot being around me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. It is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Speaking of laugh riot, we had a dinner party on Saturday night. Oh yeah, yes we did. Uh, Ukraine Mike. And he's a very good cook, Holy and it's really smokes. fun to go because so I good. I only went an hour and a half early this okay, time. Okay, so but I get to watch him do a lot of cooking that way. <laughs> about not, a year ago, learning about a year ago, Ukraine Mike had a dinner party, and he said, "Get there at six. Well, a year ago, Ruth and Bruce show up to his house at four thirty. No, I think it was four. <laughs> he opens the door. He was shocked. Half naked, saying, I'm about to get in the shower. What are you doing here? We're here for the dinner party. <laughs> He's like, I'm sitting on an hour and a half. Yeah. I said, don't worry. We'll be, we'll amuse ourselves. <laughs> Just put some decent music on, because he always has shit music going on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll be fine. By the way, turn your heat up. It's too fucking cold in here. <laughs> so this time, he says, get here at 6. And you guys get there at, better, 5.15. Yeah, well, traffic. We could have been here. <laughs> Was he showered this time? Uh, he smelled yeah. all right. I don't know if he showered. Um, but he, he was, um, I, I think he likes the company, quite frankly. Well, who wouldn't? You're having a dinner party, but you don't get there early. You're actually preparing for I'm, shit I'm, before I'm you I'm impressed get... watching the guy cook. Well, I'm going to say he was probably ready for you to get there that early this time around. I think he was prepared a little better than the yeah, last time. Yeah, of course. Time. Yeah. So you guys get there early, naturally. So it was my okay. So it was you two, Mike, myself, Johanna. No, we're supposed to call her. Everybody uh, scratch that. Her name is Josie. Apparently, she got what the re- fuck? What? Yeah, she got relatives that apparently are easily shocked. Wait, what? Is this for real? Yeah. When did this go down? 
she when I described her sexual escapades. <laughs> or the puking? <laughs> which, 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 well, the puking, which incident did she not yeah, like to, well, to talk uh, about? The puking really wasn't directly, I don't think, connected with sex. I think that was just imbibing. Okay, well, all right, so anyway, just for so the record, she's got her, 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 I just want to be clear, Johanna Josie. is now Josie or Jojo well, see, or who? You see, you've just spoiled the whole fucking no, thing. No, from, from this point because forward. Because how could she be disguised? Okay, so we'll think of a we new just, name now. Well, I can't keep track of all these names. <laughs> all right, so this person, another person, was at the dinner party, and Jason, a friend of Ukraine Mike's. Yeah, oh, by the way, there was a... Interesting little... Um, You're so ridiculous. I'm not ridiculous. I'm not the one that asked Jason to have a secret little tete-a-tete. There's no secret to oh, it. Oh, bullshit there wasn't. You're it's so ridiculous. out-of-the-way place on Wabansia. All right, let's... I mean, Out-of-the-way... It's on Damon. Damon, Major Street in Chicago. So let me... Let me... I'm going to talk about this before you do. Before you make it oh, into a thing. Oh, Okay. Fine. You just try to. Ukraine Mike has a friend named Jason clean. who comes gonna, here every I'm now and then. I'm not going to tell Goat Girl. I'm not going to tell. I told Goat Girl. Oh, okay. So Ukraine Mike has a friend named Jason who he's coming to the bar with on occasion. And he and I always have a nice conversation. But the fact of the matter is, when you're in the alehouse, you get engulfed in alehouse madness. Like, the conversation is always geared towards some stupid thing or politics. I don't even know. So you really can't have like a, a genuine conversation with someone just to start, I don't know, chatting. So I was in here for the election night. Jason was here. And as we were talking about going to Mike's for the dinner party, I said, you know, I always like to grab a beer before I go to a dinner party at a bar nearby. Let's go grab a beer. And Jason's like, that's a great idea. So I met him at a big bar, a very public bar on a very public street beforehand to grab a couple beers and chat. And then we walked over. <laughs> You bar, really expect to us thing. to believe that? Why? Well, how can? Why do oh, people? I mean, really. Why can people not have like adult, because you platonic, know you know why? Relationships. You know why? It's called because they're people. You're people crazy. don't have adult platonic. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm a realist. I know people. Uh, well, I also know that um, uh, I am not interested in that. Uh huh. Well, I <laughs> for didn't. a number of reasons. I mean. I didn't sniff fingers, I don't, so I can't really I don't, say that. Oh, I, Jesus. Know. I don't. I don't necessarily date men. First of all, well, you have. Yeah, that was you years have a ago. track record. Back in college. And by the way, I always thought <laughs> I was back in college and I was doing weird things. I always thought and still think that your closet straight. <laughs> so There's a lot of evidence. Oh my God! Anyway, so you're so ridiculous. You're on, you're on fire tonight. I like that. Anyway, so oh, dinner I bet party. You do. <laughs> dinner, dinner party. I can see you undressing me with your eyes oh, all evening. <laughs> so you just you just validated everything I just said. Anyway, so the dinner party happens. Mike is a great cook. He's terrific. Holy smokes! I mean, he made beef stroganoff. He, he goes crazy in and, there. And let me tell you. My experience with beef stroganoff I thought that is like cabbage, American beef stroganoff. That cabbage dish you made. Let me, let me made. describe the beef stroganoff. Yeah, but why don't you start with the thing? The first course was the the cabbage, stuffed cabbage. You're right. No, it was, it was a salad with shrimp. Oh, the salad oh, was really good. That was with good, grilled too. shrimp. Yeah. Or pan-fried shrimp, whatever. Although those tomatoes were a little hard to get on to spear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
you could have done better. You could have done a little better with yeah. it. With <laughs> so, bigger, bigger tomatoes next time. So I don't even know what was in the cabbage rolls, but they were delicious. Absolutely delicious. But I was used to um, eating, as a kid, American beef stroganoff, which was probably some shit in a box over some egg noodles of some sort. Well, right? when Mexicans make it, maybe. No, but no, no I've, had, I've had the real... My mom didn't make that shit. I would go to, like, friends' houses, and that's what they would make. Well, you, you, you went to hillbilly houses. In Old a, Town. Yeah. Hillbilly. There was plenty of hillbillies when you were growing I up. I never went to your house. No. I <laughs> no, you didn't. Although we... I don't think we had any Mexican friends. Racist. That's racist. That's no. racist. No, it was reality living in DuPage County. Oh, God, of course. We had one black family. In Upper's one, Grove? We yeah. had a couple of Jewish families that um, owned businesses. That was, no, it was a, it was a Nazi <laughs> Nazi headquarters of DuPage really? County. Oh, it's terrible out there. Wait, DuPage County. Back then, that's why I was. That's why I was a communist. I mean, I knew everything these put, people stood for were wrong. I knew that from about the age of 15. I was on the Attorney General's subversive list of Illinois when I was 17. How do you know that? Because I, my mother tried to make me get a job at Pepperidge Farm. And when I went there, they said, you're on the subversive list. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm had a plant out there? Yeah, out in uh, Fairview. Oh, who knew? You did. Yeah. I, was, um, I loved I loved that. Oh, boy, I'm going to be more of a communist now. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Milano. Milano? Yeah, in the Milano cookies that Pepperidge Farm makes. Oh, well... I, I like their cookies too, but fucking, I, I won't eat any of the products. Why? Because they discriminate against me. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Mike made. Plus, plus they're shit. <laughs> so I like the Milanos. I think they're pretty freaking good. Yeah. Anyway, Mike made uh, beef stroganoff from scratch. Well, Actually, he made he made the Ukrainian version. Yes, and Everything it's not had, over noodles. It was it's over Rus- homemade mashed potatoes. Yeah, it was a Russian mm-hmm. theme kind of dinner. Yeah, it was. It was a uh, uh, yeah Ukrainian uh, a Slavic now he's a Slavic an- dinner. He's anything but Russian, by the way, ethnically. He looks like a gypsy. I mean, most <laughs> in most cultures he'd probably be rounded up and put in a concentration camp. Oh my God! But uh, his dad <laughs> is um, Cuban. And his mom is what the fuck is his mom? I don't. Oh Greek. yeah, I think Greek. Greek. Yeah, Greek, what a, yeah, that's an interesting combination. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dado has got the hots for him because she said she no, let's loves not guys. Talk about other people's. Why? What's what's she? Dado's sexual um, proclivities are interesting. She she's got the hots for him because she says that of his well-defined nose. He's a good-looking fella. He's a very he's striking fella. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point is about his cooking. So yeah. he made this Slavic-inspired meal, and I was the stroganoff was so freaking good. It was like well, it you was got real one. meat. I, you know what? I turned around. And I had about did. my third bite. Your plate was clean. I, was I said, so "Aren't hungry. you going to have any stroganoff?" I said, you, "I just had it. I'm, can I have some more?" I ate lunch. I ate a half a lunch at like twelve, and we didn't sit down to dinner until like eight. So by the time dinner got to the table... Yeah, but there were snacks. Yeah, meat and cheese was lovely. But by the time I got to the table, I was starving. And I well, did gobble down. who the other guests were. I did. I don't think you mentioned Tui and Miss Jones. Oh, shoot. I forgot. Tui and, Tui and Miss Jones. Tui and Miss Jones? I'm yeah, I forgot this. about that. Um, so we all sat down and had a very lovely meal. 
Uh, again, Mike made an outstanding, outstanding dinner. I, I'm looking forward to his next one because he keeps outdoing himself. Um, and the conversation was flowing. Was flowing, yeah. I've got some great pictures. I've got some great video of Tui singing. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to post that on my blog. Oh, that was good. Um, but it was a lovely evening. Well, there's another love story because Miss Jones first met Tui about 20 years ago. And uh, I remember maybe longer than that. I think it was longer than like maybe 30 years ago. And um, she was kind of a young hottie at the time. And, of course, uh, Jim, I don't think he was living with Mike, his wife. I think, I, think they were not, I think they were living separately. And Jim had another girlfriend who his wife referred to as Pig Face Adams. <laughs> Her name was Nancy Adams. She wasn't really a bad person, but we all, had to, we all had to call her Pig Face because Mike, you know, we were all pals with Mike. And so she, she kind of insisted. But, but Nancy Adams was, oh, I think she was a journalist, and she, was, she could dish it out herself. I mean, she didn't just sit there and take it on the chin. I remember one time um, there was a guy named, um, let's see, Mike. Toby, Toby had just moved in. Her, her nasty-ass sister lived in the same building. It was above, all above um, the Four Farthings. Yeah. And Pat Colander lived there. And um, so her, her sister, Karen, said, Hey, Bruce, keep an eye on my 21-year-old sister. is going to keep an eye on my kids. I'm leaving town with Paul McGrath and her husband. And um, appreciate it if you kind of keep an eye. Well, I didn't realize she had a real hot daughter, so I kept an eye on her okay. I mean, it took me more than a day to bang her, too. But, I mean, I worked God. hard. But anyway, so when her sister came home, she was furious. So, and this woman, did you ever know Sue Jin? She owned real estate all no. over the place. Oh, she was a killer. But um, she owned the building. and I mean, it was a crazy building. Mean, Ebert had a little townhouse right behind it. And um, so a war broke out because I'm banging Karen's sister. You're on one side, you're on the other, and all this stuff. And... Um, but Mike Tui used to come over and, and sleep on the couch some night. So there was a guy named Stanhope Gould, who was a journalist, and they went to TV in New York. So Mike is on the couch with Stanhope. Well, Pat Colander, I'm, I'm, sure, she, I'm sure she won't mind that she's listening uh -huh. right now. We're all going to a girl's wedding on this weekend. Um, Pat Colander had seduced Mike Tui's eldest son, he was about 19, and she, she, had the, she had the keys to Eber's townhouse. She was supposed to be keeping an eye on it. So she whipped him down to the townhouse. Oh, and so, How Nancy, old is Pat at this point? Well, Pat's a good 15 years older than me. Okay. Nah, maybe not. Maybe only 10 years older All than right. the kid. Yeah, maybe 30. She's maybe 30. His kid's about 18, 19. So, nice-looking kid, young kid. So, um, I'll never forget, Toby's cooking breakfast. So we all crawl out of bed. We're all in the kitchen. And it's right on the corner of Dickens, Lincoln. Yeah. And, you know, where, you know yeah. that's Cleveland. intersection. Yeah. So I'm looking out the window. And just as I'm looking out the window, I say, hey, Toby, take a look at this. <laughs> take a look at this. Because Mike had just left. Mike had just left the apartment. Stanhope Gould's sitting there. And 
walking, coming down Cleveland, Stewie, coming out of Colin, out of Roger Ebert's townhouse onto the street, is his son John, and coming around the corner is his wife Mike. <laughs> They're all coming. <laughs> They're all converging on each other, and uh, oh, you know, now that's not your average family. I mean, it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, oh, hi, what are you doing? Oh, hi, you know, everybody's just kind of saying hello, and then they all just kind of headed home. So, uh, but I did, Mike was furious when she found out that Pat had banged her kid. She thought that was very poor taste. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, imagine that most people would not be happy about that. Well, what, the kid's 19, I'm sure he's glad to get any pussy he could well, get. Would you guys be In upset? In fact, he may have been a virgin, I don't even know. Would you guys be upset if your 19-year-old kid had sex with a friend of yours who was 10 years older? They're 19. Well, if it's a boy, Jesus Christ, he's lucky he gets pussy. I mean, come on. Ruth, you would not like that. We have My friend Jennifer is here from New Orleans listening. And, uh, 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 and New Orleans, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they try to avoid she's that. If she's originally it, from Canada. Unless it's your brother or sister. I mean, what the fuck do they care I mean, I, whatever, I guess. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, we can draw the line at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not always. Yes, we do. Not always. We're not from Texas. When you see those kids with their eyes right <laughs> next to each other or on the other side of their head. You're confusing Canada with Kentucky. That's right. No, I think that I got the South kind of. You're, you're, you're. That's the South versus the Where was yeah. Deliverance? Was Deliverance that's, in? That's West Virginia, I think, that's isn't it? That's East. That's East? Dude, you got to get your directions set. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, you're confusing that with, like, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Do you remember them? Bob and Doug McKenzie? No. It was the, the SCTV guys. Um, Rick Moranis and, uh, uh, who's the other guy? Hosiers. Yeah. Who? Bob and Doug McKenzie. I didn't see it. That's right. You don't like comedy. No, I love comedy. No, I don't I think like so. I like funny comedy. Oh, speaking of comedy, you know what? I saw I saw um, a documentary called Love Gilda about I Gilda Radner. I hear it's only so-so. Yeah, it was only so-so. But it did the good. It did a job, decent yeah. job. Yeah. It was really obvious the way uh, it kind of unfolded her life and didn't really... I was looking for more depth to it. But anyway... I was pretty excited to watch, to see this documentary because Gilda Radner's one of my comedic icons, which is one of the reasons why I love sitting in this booth because her picture is <clears throat> her uh, portrait is right here. Yeah, she she's my all time favorite um, second yeah. city person that but, came in here. Um, documentary worth watching if you are into Gilda Radner. Um, speaking of all of that, uh, I saw Hannibal. Burris from afar the other night. Now, I think we should preface this by saying that the Yell House gave Hannibal its, his start with our talent. If you guys listen to the Sergio episode... I nurtured, I nurtured him. If you guys listen to the Sergio episode, you will hear the story about the Ale House giving Hannibal his start, supposedly. What do you mean, supposedly? I don't know. I wasn't here. Well, you, you don't take my word? <laughs> <laughs> sure, ask, sure. Ask Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, one I of my I haven't seen one yet. of my favorite shows on the TV at the moment is a show called Broad City, uh, which is on Comedy Central, and one of the uh, uh, writers, directors, actors in it stars uh, is a woman named Abby Jacobson, and she just wrote a book. She went through this heartache 
and decided to take a road trip across the country to sort of get over it. Heartache about what? She'd never actually been in love before, and she fell in love, and she also had never... Oh, wah, 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 wah. This is from someone that says... <laughs> this is from someone who says... Oh, my, my heart is diapers, already yeah. broken. No, we didn't have to take a anyway, trip across the country. So, go on, go to a bar, get fucked. And let them know, too. Yeah, the easiest way let to get over know. someone is to get under someone. Absolutely. Yeah. Then let them know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she wrote, she wrote a book about her experience. And uh, the Chicago Humanities Festival just had their... Her festival, and uh, Abby Jacobson was there on her book tour, talking about the book. And so, Go Girl and I went to it and got uh, a, got why? the book. Why? Because I'm a we're fans. You're a fan of Abby Jacobson getting jilted. No, of of creative people. This is why, like the Hillary Swing thing. Like she's really talented, so I wanted to go listen okay. to her talk All about right. the book. Okay. All Jesus. Right. Okay. So we went to this thing at the Vic, and then. Um, we're sitting in this sort of like special section uh, because I know the the pe- person who runs a humanities festival. So she l- tells us to go sit in a special section in like one of the balcony things. And the the lecture is about to start. The the discussion is about to start. And I look across, and I cross. I see Hannibal, and Hannibal is in the show Broad City. So I was what, actually what stations there? Comedy Central. Oh, okay. So oh, I, was I, not, think I think I've he, seen that. He plays uh, the the boyfriend, one of the, a boyfriend of one of the actors, and he's a dentist in it. He's actually funny. Well, he'd be good. Dentist. Yeah, he's funny. It's very Hannibal in it for sure. Anyway, so I, from afar, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Hannibal. Um, anyway, so there's a Hannibal sighting recently in town. Well, he <laughs> I thought comes, you'd like to know he, that. He comes apparently when he comes in here. He comes in late, according to the boys. You know, those comedians stay up late, you know. Well, I guess well, that's a, I guess that's a lifestyle. But yeah, he used to come in here and, and I'd give him a couple beers. Uh, he and he'd um, do work on becoming a comic. <laughs> he did. So it's you're responsible for his career. I, I think essentially yes. Okay. I, th- I think I'll have to share that I think with Sergio because Sergio is the one that brought him here. Yeah. If you listen to, again, if you listen to the Sergio episode, you get the whole story on it. So. Yeah. Curious. He's supposedly in Sergio's movie. Well, yeah, don't, don't hold your <laughs> and breath. so is Michael. He, he, when, when he was just starting out, he picked up um, one of my younger cousins. And they, she was living over in Pilsen. Mm-hmm. So a girlfriend and her, and I don't know. Anyway, so she's, she kind of called me up and pa said, oh, Bruce, I, you know, we, I took Hannibal over to my apartment. But, you know, I didn't really want to have sex with him or anything. And then when we got there, Hannibal said, well, you know, um, where I come from, when you get invited over to somebody's house, you have sex, you know, <laughs> I love that line. He <laughs> wasn't exactly rapist material. He just tried to negotiate, you know. Well, I mean, That's actually the, the guy he plays in the show. Well, so he's playing coming. Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying he's very he's Hannibal in the Hannibal, show. Yeah. That's funny. I bet you my cousin re- re- uh, regrets that. Banging him when she had a chance. Now he's a big yeah, star. I guess if you're into that. Oh, I know somebody that's into it. I'm looking directly into oh, her you're eyes so right ridiculous. now. So ridiculous. Oh God, talking about Starfucker. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, you were telling Ruth. You mean you wouldn't fuck Joe Blow, the piano player, if you got a chance? It has nothing to do with the celebrity yes, part. Yes, it has everything to do with and wanting to be with someone for so long. She'd been wanting to be with That's Jason star Justin fucking. Hayward. That's called star no, fucking with the capital letters. No, it's not. Yes, it is. There's not somebody from She your liked past. him because he was a star. Is that the only reason, Ruth? She didn't like him because because he was a, a cuddly, warm guy. Well, but he he wrote beautiful lyrics. That's because um, he was a star. Well, but, if he was a nobody, would you still? If he was a nobody who had written those beautiful lyrics, well, then he then wouldn't be a nobody. Come on, girls. I well, I don't know. No, we disagree no, with you. We disagree oh, with you. Oh, if he was nobody that write, wrote lyrics that she was crazy about, how the fuck would she be crazy about him if he was a nobody? I mean, there are a couple people from my past, like when I was younger, that are not nobodies or humans with real lives whom I've always wondered about, oh, you know, have, if I ever had the opportunity, would I possibly want to go after that? Well, you did the actress's son. Oh, my God. Let's not talk about oh, that. Oh, let's talk about That's it. That's not one person I'm talking about. Let's talk about <laughs> no, it. no. You, my friend, are going to New Orleans soon. Yep, yep. Uh, you and Bruce Friday, Friday. are going to New Orleans. I hope the weather's great. I mean, there was terrible weather today. Um, uh, uh, you guys are going to a wedding. Are you going to do anything else? Like, are you going to go do anything well, cultural? Kevin, anything? Kevin, Kevin um, from New Orleans. From Orleans said he would uh, show us around. And now your lovely friend here, who is... Um, when she she does something in that line, right? Are we allowed to say? Uh, yeah, my friend Jennifer here owns a company, a luxury travel company called Bespoke. What's it, what's it called? Bespoke. Bespoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have... It uh, means custom. Yeah, it means custom. Custom. You didn't know. Uh, but they do a travel luxury travel experiences uh, all over the country, various destinations, and they're based in New Orleans. So she's definitely someone you want to talk to, talk to. Uh, with about doing different oh, things. No, we really don't. Okay, so we got to go to the wedding. I don't know if they were supposed to. Where's the wedding? It. How the fuck do I know? We got an address. It's like not a. There's no like. It's not at a place. Well, there's a place. Like it's not at the. the no, it's not some place like. Um, it's not like the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. It's not at like. No. A venue. It's not well, a I don't know. Or well, Ruth will show. What what are we what are we dealing with here? What would you do without Ruth? Well, Bruce wanted to see the name of the of uh, the brides. Uh, well, I know you're paying for their um, gift. gift, and uh, so he grabbed the invitation that had Jen, Jen's name on it and walked off with it and came back to the kitchen to hang it on the fridge. Yeah, well, again. that's not the problem of the place. Anyway, anyway, we found it, but it doesn't really say on the invitation the name of the place. It gives an address. It gives a specific address, yeah. Well, well, on Dryads. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you got Ubers and cabs and stuff, right? For sure. So I just tell somebody, hey, drive me there. What the fuck? Well, call me. Okay, you know, do you know that street? Dryads? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's not like we're going You got to a friend in the city. That's what we do. Well, that's what I want. Friends oh, in the city. I met you once before. You gave me a book, remember? I get, which one did I give you? Mm, probably the first one. Yeah, it was the very first one. How'd you like it? I loved it. Well, see, it was see, a very discerning... It's on my bookshelf. Very discerning old lady. There's a couple more here. You have to try reading them uh, sometime. Oh, uh, for fuck's sake. I read two of the three. 
Um, are you, well, are you going to do anything well, I mean, besides wedding stuff? I mean, we're, gonna, we're, we're our hotel's right on the edge of the French Quarter, so I figured just walk around Friday night, unless there's something going on that I don't know about. And then Saturday... So Sunday will be the day that I assume I can do shit. For a lover of people, you're going to love the French Quarter on Friday and Saturday night, let me tell you. Well, I hear every night's like that. you got to head to Frenchman Street. Yeah. The what? Some jazz music. Frenchman Street. Yeah. Well, it's in the Faubourg Marigny. It's the neighborhood beside French, um, the French Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to give me a call. I'm going to give you my cell phone number. Okay. Oh, God. Be careful. Yeah, be very careful. <laughs> Um, He'll actually no, use I'm it. Just, I'm just pointing it here. You know, I don't like having too too, I um, know you don't. too much of an itinerary. I like just kind of winging it. No, that's what I mean. Like, call me and we're just going to hang out. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, we're Liz's, well, Liz's friend. You'll, you'll enjoy meeting okay. Kevin from New Orleans. Oh, yeah, he's Kevin a from New Orleans. He's a journalist there. Um. All right, well, I can't wait to hear about all that business. Yeah, you'll hear about it because we get back on Monday. I'm going to have to do so, all oh, kinds of shit with your so, blog. So, no, no, here's... Oh. Here is a real treat for blog people. Um, I, back in probably around 1980, 81, something like that, I wrote, well, when I was in New York, the year I was in New York, I wrote a number of plays. My favorite of the plays was a play called Menopause Man. And I based the play on a personal friend uh, who I changed his name to Guy Van Dyke. And I use him, and he's in all my books guys in all my books but I wrote a play about him and it's absolutely I mean because now I'm retype I have to retype the fucking thing so I can put it on my blog I'm amazed it just screams out genius 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 why did you bear but here's the backstory on it so none of the theaters in Chicago would would uh, dare produce it and their, their reason was all the same it's the most sexist play they've ever read it's just absolutely beyond the pale um it's not producible um but i mean really have, have they ever heard of irony you know things like that but so my brother at the time was living in evanston near the noise theater Ooh, i'm gonna have my my scene is kicking in. i'm gonna take oh, yeah, a noise pill. street noise street uh-huh yeah noise theater it's a nice cultural center or something they have a theater well, Bern Piven, who was, I don't know yeah, if you have... Jeremy Piven's. Well, Jeremy Piven's father, father who was really yeah. a big deal back in the day, he had control over this theater. And um, so, I'm going to take a pill break. I'm going to take now. a pill break. He's taking a pill break, washing it down with a Polish martini. <laughs> Almost choked on a fucking ice cube. Um, so, my brother says, why don't you... Produce the play yourself. I can probably get you a couple weekends at the Noise Theater. Um, so, Burn Pibbon didn't have anything going on for like a, a month or two or three weeks. So, we had access to the theater. Well, his at the time, his rotten little fucking kid, I turned into a rotten adult, apparently, Jeremy Pibbon. He was the same age as the Kuzak kids. They were all part of the theater. So John Kuzak and what's his sister's name John. again? Joan. Joan. So um, they were just these little little rat kids running around the theater all the time. So I had to assemble a cast. 
I had to. We had to rehearse over it when Pat Colander. We're going to the wedding of Pat Colander and Polly Ansel's daughter, and so Polly was actually very talented, but he he had no discipline and he was no tenacity. I mean, the guy could have made a career theater. He was he certainly had talent, but he didn't have the drive. But anyway, so I got. He was bartending at the time. So I, I got him to play Guy Van Dyke, which was a starring role. I would have loved to have gotten Del Close. Del Close would have been perfect. So, um, but he, he was fucked up on drugs and, 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 and a mess all the time. So he, he was, I couldn't get him. Um, so then I got Siri, I got my friend Lois Berger, who wouldn't have to have on the podcast before she croaks because she got great stories. And, um, she was great. So she was going to be one of the girls. And then there was a woman named Arlene Duchovny who did, remember those Calgan Man, those commercials? Are you too, are you too no, young? No, I don't remember any of that. Well, they used to be all over the TV. Just Calgan Man. Oh, my just, God, it's what a horrible terrible. commercial. I know. It was awful. She did the Culligan voice. Calgan Man. Oh. So that was her, that was her, yeah, was, what are they, water softeners or something Yeah, like water that. something or other. So, um. Her claim to fame was that I'm a professional actor. Colin Man, that was her thing. So, and it turned none of these girls were real felt. They were not. But um, I had to take what I could get. So she was going to play Guy Van Dyke's wife. And so then I kept. And then Denise the Clue was going to play. Who wrote about last night? Last night. Uh, yeah, about last night. The movie, and, yeah. the 80s movie with Rob the, Lowe and Demi Moore. Yeah, the one that was the adaptation of uh, sexual, David per- Mamet, yep. sexual perversity. Um, so she was going to play a part. I mean, I had all these various people, and one by one, they something would happen. The clues, um, asshole, ex-husband Chris Chandler, who was a, a complete fucking loser, fucking moron. Threw a fucking jealous fit. I guess he thought I was going to be slipping it to his fucking wife during rehearsals or something like that. No, I'm not going to let her be in the play. No, no, no. I mean, this is the kind of shit I was dealing with. So, one by one, people quit and I have to pull an emergency. Well, there, there's two characters that play the two women that Guy picks up at the swimming pool of the new apartment building he moves in. Now, both girls are over 200 pounds. One is Mike Tui's uh, niece, Mary Jo. The other one's chick. She went by the name of Blue Hog on her. That was her uh, CD name. So I got to those two girls. I was seeing, you know, trying to. Lois was supposed to play one, I think, Denise the other, but no. So I had the girls. Turns out they were great. Then, then um, Arlene, Decote, Arlene our actress, is playing the wife. She, she thinks it's not going to happen, right? Well, all of a sudden we're getting close. And she panics. What the fuck? I'm going to be on stage doing this goddamn play for real and people are going to be coming to see it? No. She goes on an eating bins. She pulls up so much she gets stress factors in both her goddamn feet. You can't just, so guess what comes out? A week before the play. Now, she can't, she's in two casts. Toby jumps in. And has to learn her part in one fucking week. You know, I, I mean, we've been rehearsing for months over at Colin. And um, 
and Paulie's can't having trouble with the lines. And I got this guy, Rich Marco. I, I don't know if he's a musician or an actor, something. But anyway, he plays Guy Van Dyke's lawyer friend. We put the play on. Well, there's a rainstorm. Everybody from Aurora's Dallas pours out to Ellison. Ah. I, I, I'm trying to hold the play up because people are having a hard time getting there. It's raining so hard. But Paulie and Rich Marco are, ha- are close to having heart attacks, so I have to put the play. I have to know everybody. Just file in as they come. Well, turns out fantastic. And when, when the two when the two fat girls come out, Greg's a house down. They're in bathing suits. Polly was great, even though he forgot lines. Toby, couldn't, I couldn't believe how good she was. I wondered Gracie and him and all that acting from her. Of course, my directing was magnificent. And uh, the nymphette. Oh, we got the nymphette. And because Colander was supposed to play the nymphette, but she got knocked up. And she gets knocked up with Charles, who will be staying at the wedding. That's her oldest kid. So she has to back up. So we find this little, um, we find this little young girl who had been in a couple of John Hughes movies, and she was quite good and she was fun. Um, but uh, the uh, oh, does this story have an end? Hey, shut the fuck up! Because it's got a real good end. So, yeah, I was just, I mean, you know, I got so many great. Ideas. Anyway, Toby at the time is. Um, Cooking at a sorority over in um, in uh, Northwestern. Well, that was lucky because she, one of her uh, kids in her sorority, was an act, a drama major and she knew how to do a light board because Bern, uh, Jeremy Piven and the two Cusack little fuckheads would fuck a light board up after every performance because they, they didn't like us there. It was not a theater, not a theater. So I couldn't beat the shit out of them or anything because, you know, you, you, you got to be careful. <laughs> I would love to. So um, anyway, so this, this girl was working on a light board. She was really good. Opening night, crowd loves it. It's great. Ebert gives it four stars in the Sun Times. Rick Hogan gives me a great Wait, they're actually four stars in the newspaper? Fuck I'm going to yeah. go look this shit up. Fuck yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I probably haven't cut out somewhere. You know, Roger was great. Packed out. We had, we only had the theater for two weekends. Sold out every single performance. But then Burn Pippen couldn't get us out of there quick enough. But now after I've got reviews, I go to the Wisdom Bridge. I go to all these dumb fuckfate and St. Nicholas Theater, all these. Look what I got. Oh, this is the most sexist thing. We can't put this on. It's a piece of shit. I mean, anyway... So that was the end of menopause, man. You know, it was too too controversial. So now I'm thinking, what what kind of treat can I do for my podcast? I mean, my bloggers. bloggers. What I'm going to do? I'm now. In the, I forgot how long it takes to type. So I got to type this in the four four part blog posts. Blog posts. And your job is simply. To press a little fucking button on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wow, will that be hard? I don't know how you'll ever fucking manage to do that. I'm just so now I have additional responsibilities. I'm pressing a button four times. Yeah. How well, will you manage? Yeah. To how easy is that? But what happens if I don't press the button? And it's not going to be just pressing a button. Be, well, you're going to get universal uh, 
claustrophobia because people are going to want... Um, all right, well, I'll take care of it. Yeah, but this is a real treat. And Menopause be, man, coming your way this weekend. And uh, by the way, I can't think about a more perfect person to play Guy Van Dyke than um, Michael Shannon. Yeah, sounds this, like This it. could make his career. Sounds like it. All right, well, on that note, okay. um, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Uh, Rock and Roll Ruth and Jordan, thank you for being here. Jordan, yes, you're the light you. of our lives. And Jordan's always on time. I thank t- you for everything. Yeah, you, you might want to kind I was of, at a uh, business meal. Oh, I'm sure Jordan never has anything to do. I'm sure he Somehow does. Somehow he does manage to get here on time. Anyway, I had thanks, a business Jordan, for meal. all of your yeah, stuff. Yeah, you probably had to have extra desserts. Say goodnight, genius. Goodnight, genius. Thanks for coming or joining us or listening or whatever you're doing, everyone. We will catch you next time.